Hello and welcome to What's the Story, Mark II. Uh, my name's Freddie. Um, I was at Newcastle for three years studying politics and sociology, but now, like most people, I'm back living at home. Um, my plan is to go off to London and study broadcast journalism in September. Um, but I want to record this podcast in the meantime. Um, I used to do a current affairs-themed student radio show, um, and then when the lockdown hit in March, that turned into a podcast. Um Love doing it. The person I did it with, a friend from university, is now studying a master's. Um, she carried on her time at Newcastle and she's studying a master's. Um, so I'm on my own right now. Um, and it feels, it feels quite weird. I do feel like I'm talking to myself. Um, but that's the point of this show. I'm going to get guests on um, to, to, to actually just keep me entertained and uh, bring some company to the show. Um, so I'll tell you about the last show I did. It was, as I said, current affairs themed. Um, what we'd do, me and a friend, we'd take a story from the week's headlines, um, we'd analyse that story, provide some reaction to it, and then use the subject of that story for the basis of a wider discussion. Um, I make it sound really serious. It actually wasn't. It was chaos most of the time, but good fun. Um, so an example was we did uh, Keir Starmer's election as Labour leader. Um, we then went on to discuss um, the leadership, uh, the, the theme of leadership in general, um, and we got friends on the Zoom call. Um, we got them to say their favourite leadership quote um, and then down a beer. So as you can see, it was it was lighthearted. It was fun. Um, but yeah, that was that was the main premise of it to to um, take a news headline and, and, and give you a real good commentary on it. So that's what I want to do uh, with this show again, but with more of a focus on having guests come on um, and bring their own angle to the story. So that angle might be experience of the subject. It might be an expertise. It might be a, a knowledge um, so I'll give an example. So this week um, we are talking about the topic of remote learning following the Sutton Trust report. Sutton Trust is an educational charity um, that campaigns around the issue of social mobility and uses uh, research um, to influence policy. Um, they have come up with a report yesterday, published a report on the issue of remote learning. Um, so the interview this week um, which was actually recorded uh, a good week and a bit ago is with Shashi Knott um, who's a teacher at a non-selective girls' school in London and who also happens to be my sister. Um, so she... Um, I spoke to Shashi uh, said about a week and a half ago. It was following the closure of uh, schools in England um, in during, uh, as a result of the lockdown. Um, and I wanted to get a real idea of what the reality of remote learning was um, and obviously she's a teacher, she, you know, she's been doing it really since, since March. So I wanted to see what the reality, the reality was, and it was a really interesting chat. So I hope you'll enjoy it. Um, so we'll also try and do some features and some quizzes to, as I said, to make it as, as, as lighthearted as, as possible. Um, but I think you could ask maybe why I'm doing the show. Um, you know, I'm quite bored. Um, you know, there's nothing to do with it. I'm joking. <laughs> um, it is, you know, I'm really interested in the news and current affairs. I always think it's amazing how often you just come across a story that blows you away. And I have that every day and I think, wow, that's either something I never knew about before or it's told in a way that I just find, I find incredible. So I want to do that with you. I want to share the stories that I find amazing and that really blow me away. Um, but I also want to make it fun. I think that news can be, you know, the most weird and wacky world. Um, and I want to reflect that in the podcast. So there'll be some clips and some funny videos as well to lighten it up. Um, so no, I'm really looking forward to it. So let's get on with the story for this week. 
and it is the uh, yeah, Sutton Trust's report on remote learning. Um, it comes in the context of a lockdown, the closure of schools, um, and therefore the rem- move to remote learning. Um, the report was really commissioned. The, the objective is to find out how the situation now compares um, with the first lockdown um, and whether sort of the issues affecting children's education remain the same. So these issues are access to devices, um, the quality and quantity of learning, um, academic performance um, as a result of remote learning and also parental, res- uh, parental support. Um, so I think if I could summarise the main findings, so I'm just going to have a cup of tea here. Mm. Bear with me. If I could summarise the main findings, it would be that there have been some huge improvements to the delivery of remote learning since March, um, but that inequalities still very much remain and that remote learning and as a result of remote learning, the attainment gap is actually widening. Um, so it's got it's got the good and the bad in this report. Um, I'm just going to run through some of these improvements and bear with me. There's, there's a lot of stats, so I'm going to try and break it up as much as I can. Um, but uh, bear with me. So some of the improvements that they talk about. So more than half, so 54% of teachers are now using online live lessons. And that compares with just 4% last March. So that is a, that's a staggering improvement, actually. And uh, um, as you'll find when, when I'm talking to Shashi later on, um, teachers are far more used to the technology and they're far more comfortable delivering, as it says here, live lessons. And, and so the, the quality of learning has definitely improved. And that's something the report really wanted to stress. Um, parents, um, you know, also confirm a real uh, there was some talk about a clear increase in the intensity of online learning um so sutton trust spoke to parents and they found that the proportion of primary pupils doing more than five hours of learning a day has risen from 11 to 11 percent to 23 percent and for secondary school students it's increased from 19 percent to 45 percent um so they're doing more learning the actual learning itself is of a better quality um, and I think that's another issue that I talked about with Shashi, the fact there is now a structure in, pe- in place and that's actually enforced by Ofsted um, that you have to deliver a minimum um, amount of hours per day of learning. And I think that structure is, is, is so important and to give people that routine is, is, is vital at the moment. So that, that is a plus. It's something you should be really happy about. But as I mentioned, um, and this is something the report really does stress, is that inequalities do remain. So first issue, access to devices. Um, it found that just 5% of teachers in state schools said all their pupils had access to a device, compared with 54% in private schools. Um, so this is a critical issue. Um, you know, there's so many stories of uh, kids having to borrow their parents' phone um, just to be able to participate in these lessons. Really dodgy connection as well is an issue. Um, and it, it it does make a difference. Um, the quality and quantity of learning, um, they found that while 40% of children in middle class families were managing five hours, um, just 26% of those in working class households were doing the same. Um, so again, you see a real disparity. It seems like the the, the disadvantaged and the more privileged students are having a, real, a completely different experience when it comes to remote learning. Um, and I think that statistic there highlights that. Um, performance... So this is looking at the uh, actual standard of work produced after the lessons themselves that are online. So it found that over, Sutton Trust found that over half of teachers 
um, at, at the least affluent state schools receive re, uh, report, report receiving a lower standard of work than expected compared to just under a third at private schools. So this is this is interesting because whereas in a class face to face you can really monitor a student's progress you get you get a real sense of how they're getting on you can see if they're struggling with online and this is something again um that shashi mentions it's really hard to get a to get a grasp of how they're actually dealing with it if they have any questions if they're really struggling with it and so that has a knock-on impact as, as this stat um as this piece of research mentions here on on the quality of res- work they're actually handing in after that and that is a real reason that you know we need to get back to the classrooms as soon as possible um and so the final 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 issue um they found on, on the issue of parental support um poorer parents are particularly struggling 28 percent of those on low income said say they find home learning in this lockdown more difficult than the first um compared to 15 percent on the highest income so parents are struggling it is tough there's no doubt about that it is really tough you know if you if you're battling a job um, and and the stress and the strains that, that that brings, having your child at home and having to really monitor their education is not easy. Um, so that's that's another big issue with with remote learning um, and another inequality that they highlight. So the overall message is that yes, there've been improvements, but um, we see. And, and Sutton Trust really highlight here that more privileged students have better access to resources, they are learning for longer, they're performing to a higher standard and they're receiving a great amount of parental support. And I think on that final issue, um, I, they also give a stat on uh, private tuition. So middle class households are almost twice as likely to um, have actually uh, forked out for private tuition um, compared to working class, um, working class parents. So it's 13% versus 7%. Um, so again, private tuition, and um, and I'll mention that a bit later on. Tuition's another vital issue, um, and 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 catch up is going to be really important in the months ahead. Um, so unfortunately, I think the conclusion would be yes, there have been improvements, but remote learning in its current form is actually widening inequality before the between the richest and poorest students. Um, they do have some recommendations in this report. So they recommend that the government should prioritise providing laptops and internet access for all young people who need it, and that's as soon as possible. Um, they also recommend that schools should receive a £750 million um, pound boost for their disadvantaged pupils via the pupil premium as part of a new package of catch-up funding. Um, and on the issue of data and internet access, they say that educational websites and online learning services should be zero-rated by internet providers. Um, so, so there's some of the recommendations. I'm just going to provide um, some reaction as well to the report. Um, hmm. This tea is going really cold. Um, some reactions. So, first reaction is from um, chairman of Sutton of the Sutton Trust, um, Sir Peter Lample. Um, he says that today's re- uh, research shows that schools are now better equipped to deliver online teaching, um, but significant barriers remain that threaten to widen the gap between rich and pure pupils um, still further. So that's really, you know, that's really what I was saying there. So he sort of he sort of copied what well, I'm joking. Um, next up is Jeff Barton, who is general. You might have seen his name before. He always seems to pop up. He's general secretary of the Association of School and College Leaders. Added, added um, it's pretty clear from this research that there are still significant gaps in laptop provision, despite the government's programme to provide devices to disadvantaged youngsters. 
and the Department for Education um, chipped in and they said we're aware of this um, of the additional challenge faced by disadvantaged children during this crisis which is why we're providing 1.3 million laptops and tablets for those who need them with more than 800,000 of these delivered already alongside access to free mobile data for disadvantaged families. They conclude it's encouraged to see, encouraging to see the substantial increase in, teach, um, in, in teachers providing online live lessons for pupils during this lockdown. Um, so that's the report. That's what it says. I just want to, and that's some reaction to it. I just want to go over maybe some ramifications um, as a result of it, because Sutton Trust have a have a real voice, um, and they're talking about something, and they've got some data on something that's actually that's really important right now, um, and it is going to have some ramifications. So I think. The first being uh, will be government support. So I think it's really going to turn the heat up on government um, to actually accelerate their scheme uh, to provide laptops to disadvantaged children. You know, the Department of Education quote there said they already provided 800,000 of these. Um, Ofcom estimate that 1.5 million pupils are without digital devices in their home. Um, and it is going to turn up the heat on that. I don't know if you saw uh, Maro Atoje, the England rugby player. Um, he has gone a bit Marcus Rashford and he has basically said um, he's campaigning uh, that uh, laptop for laptops and free broadband to the, he says, 1.78 million children who need it right now. Um, and he plans um, that he says that there should be after the pandemic, there should be a review um, and that in the long term, every pupil should be given a free laptop as part of the state school kit, um, which I've got to be honest with you, I'm not a fan of these broad net catch-all policies. What I mean by that is I think support should be targeted at those who need it most. I'm not necessarily a fan and I'm not necessarily sure it's a great idea to just cast that net at everyone because what about what about the kids whose parents actually can afford it? Um, I'm not sure that they need a free laptop. I'm not sure it's a good way to spend taxpayers' money. I think the, the, the support should be targeted towards those who need it. So it's a good cause, but I have to I have to say, Maratojo, I actually disagree with you there. Um, on so that's so that's one I think ramification. The second I think is going to be the return to schools finally when when schools do actually reopen. I mean, I think the report is a clear message that we need to get schools open as soon as they possibly can. That's the first thing to say. Um, but I also think that. It's saying, and actually it does mention this in the recommendations, that we need to prioritise disadvantaged children um, when the return to schools does actually happen. So we need they should be the first to get back to school. Um, and that, I think, is going to play into the uh, political discourse in, in the weeks and months ahead. That actually who, because it's, uh, I think um, there's been suggestions that not all the schools are going to open at the same time. There's going to be a regional or there's going to be a variation. I think who and where opens first is going to be a big issue. So that's something the report um, does flag up. Um, and that's one another ramification. The final ramification um, is going forward and it's the issue of catch up. So you've had really since March, huge disruption um, to children's education, particularly as we've seen uh, impacting disadvantaged pupils. Um, and the, there needs to be huge catch-up schemes when things do start to get back to normal um, so they can catch up the learning that they've missed. So this is something the flag that the um, report uh, flags up. 
they're calling for an additional 750 million um, what they call a basically a 700 yeah 750 million pound boost which is essentially a catch-up fund that's on top of the 1 billion the government already announced in November um, so they're calling for an additional 750 million and also they're calling for funding um, to be extended on the national tutoring scheme so the national tutoring scheme I'll just go into that quickly um, that was another idea that came out of this government um, announcement in November. The government in November committed £350 million towards it. Um, and it basically gives... Um, it, it aims to establish this national tutoring scheme, which will provide schools with disadvantaged pupils um, with access to tutoring um, so they can catch up on, on the learning they've missed during, uh, during the pandemic. So... Tutoring is one of those things that we always, I think, is associated with middle class parents, those who who can afford it. But I think the government um, and this report is trying to change the narrative slightly and say that actually it's the disadvantaged children who really need the tutoring right now. So all the funding, all the money that can go into that, I think, is is, is very much welcome. Um, So that's the report. Um, The interview with Shashi is coming up now. Hello. I think you might be on mute, Shashi. How's it going? Yeah, all right. Anyway, we'll get we'll get straight into it. So, uh, schools closed from Monday. How's it been um, going back to remote learning? Um, well, it's it's been interesting. I mean, I think we, uh, my school, we were always uh, Monday was was a holiday anyway. Um, so we weren't at school on Monday so we were supposed to be starting on Tuesday but of course we had planned a kind of staggered start um, with remote learning this week year 11 in next week year 13 in next week and so on so there were lots of plans in place obviously you know on Monday night had to change very quickly Um, so on the one one hand it's been quite chaotic in that you know no one knows what they're doing from one minute to the next um, but on the other hand, I think we are much more set up for remote learning now. And all of our students had had at least a couple of weeks isolating as the year group. So they all know how to log on and do remote learning. Um, so in some senses, today's been my first day of full teaching. And it's been quite smooth, actually. Well, that's good. So I was going I was going to actually ask you that. I mean, what what approaches do you think? Um, from your first experience from March have worked well when it comes to remote learning what what kind of things have you done that students have responded to? Um, I mean the March experience was very different to this one actually Um, this time the DFCS has has sort of qualified what they want schools to do so we have to provide um, uh, at least four hours a day of remote learning for anyone other than the exam classes and five hours a day for the exam classes at least. Um, Last time it was very unstructured, obviously it was a complete shock for everyone um, and it was just up to schools to do what they could do. So we were setting work, we were uploading it to the the system that we use, which is Google Classroom. Um, And students were sort of logging on to their virtual classroom, maybe doing a task, uploading some work, but there was no um, online communication. We weren't talking to the students or teaching them. We were just uploading resources and marking them. Um, Whereas this time, 
it, we're following a, a, a timetable, their normal timetable. They log on, we have a proper lesson, I talk to them, I share resources, they write something, they might hand it in at the end of the lesson. So it's much more structured this time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, now I was going to ask, I mean, that 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 structure is crucial, isn't it? Especially for when it comes to sort of remote learning and 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 there it's having that routine and structure, I guess, is yeah. so vital. Yeah, I think that was what we learned from last time. Sorry to go back to your first question. Last time it was it was because it was so new, it was a little bit chaotic. And essentially students had to find their own structure. So there was work up there, but they had to organise their own time. They could do it at whatever point they liked, which meant that a lot of them um, got up at, you know, one o'clock in the afternoon and maybe didn't finish everything. So um, whereas this time, you know, we've got virtual form time, assembly, you know, they've got to follow that routine. So it's probably better for them. Do they, in terms of technology and, and data and things like that, do they have... Do they have the technology to be able to participate in your lessons or, or what's the story there? Um, again, because we've had quite a lot of experience with online learning, um, any students that didn't have the technology, heads of year have been quite um, on it in terms of being able to organise that because all the students have already had periods where they've been off school. So, I mean, I'm not saying it's perfect for all of them. Some of them are definitely working on their phones. And now that we're in national lockdown, obviously some households have got a lot of, you know, a lot of children all and, and steady trying to work from from home. So I'm not saying it's ideal, but I think as a school, um, we have given out quite a few devices to students that didn't have them. Right. OK. And I mean, going forward, do you think um, there will be a much greater role for technology in, in the classroom when you go back to face to face teaching? Yeah, I mean, that's going to be really interesting, actually. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, at the moment, the way the exam system and everything works, um, it really privileges handwritten responses. Um, And at our school and a lot of schools, mobile phones are completely forbidden. You know, we haven't got computers for everyone. Um, And irrespective of that, you know, they have to be able to handwrite an exam response in time conditions. So, um, ultimately that is the driving factor in you know not really privileging technology so much so it'll be interesting to see will there be any kind of change in um assessment really that's probably going to drive any other technological change yeah no coming on to assessment i mean uh, away from the lessons how have they fared when it comes to their assessments um you know have you noticed anything different in their performance and their standard or or have they been doing really well or have things not gone so well? I mean, what's what's your judgment there? Um, I think there's a massive discrepancy between students. So um, some students have sort of pretty much done fine, you know, that they've right. kind of carried on. I've, you know, I marked the year 11 mocks um, just before Christmas and they they our year 11s were only in for six days of last half term. They right. were constantly in isolation. There was always someone testing positive. So they weren't in school um, at all, really. Um, and when I was marking their exams, I think some of them, um, you know, probably the ones that were a bit more able and a bit more organised anyway, um, uh, they're fine. They came to the online yeah. lessons and it was OK. Um, but the ones that struggle a bit more, the ones that were probably a bit more demotivated or perhaps struggling with a bit of anxiety beforehand, um, 
they've really suffered. So right. I think it, it very much depends on the individual. Yeah, I mean, that does seem to be the case. And when, whenever I hear anyone sort of raving about remote learning, I always think, well, you've also got the other side. There's always someone else who actually isn't doing so well. And that it, it does have that kind of inequality, doesn't it? So I want to go on to sort of their behavior during the calls. I mean, do they, I mean, you've already talked about some sort of showing up at, at one o'clock. Have you had students not show up at all and go off, off the grid for, for an extended period of time or how's that worked? Um, I think we've been quite strict about monitoring them. So I know that like as a form tutor, I have to go through the registers every day to check have they, we have to mark who's attended the online learning sessions. Right. Um, I have to do that after every lesson. And then at the end of the day, the form tutors go through their form and check and then I have to ring home. So, um, and then the heads of year will ring home. So there's quite a lot of follow up if they're not attending. So they tend to all attend, but I mean, I don't know what they're doing when they're attending. So you know, <laughs> we have cameras off, um, my cameras off, their cameras are off. So they can hear me and they can unmute um, and talk if I ask them a question. But quite often, you know, you might ask a question, say, well, can you unmute? And they might type that, you know, their microphone's not working or they just won't respond. Yeah. Um, so there, there's a few that are kind of very clearly very engaged and are sort of typing in the chat and um, answering questions and are unmuting. And then, you know, there are plenty that I sort of think, are you there? Are you listening? You know, what are you actually doing um so it's it's quite difficult to know really what they're um, and, and you can't necessarily ask everyone no yeah i mean in terms of their interactions between each other on the call i mean is there none at all i guess maybe they're messaging outside of the call but actually on the call when you'd be i guess in a classroom and you do have that natural interaction is there anything during a zoom I mean, not session? really they'll type in the chat and they might respond to each other in the chat but obviously the chat is a written Forum. Yeah. They know yeah. that they're in, you know, I'm their teacher. Yeah. It's quite a formal environment. They're not going to, I imagine, I'm sure they've got their own WhatsApp groups for, um, you know, their kind of informal chat. But right. Um, yeah, it's quite, you know, they tend to be answering the questions or right, okay. whatever. Do they, what do they think of remote learning? Do they like it? Yeah, I mean, some of them really do. It's always interesting to talk to my form because I don't teach them. So there's no sort of um, sort of pressure for them to say one way or another, particularly. Some of them really like it um, because, you know, they're sort of, they've got maybe their own space and they've got all their materials and they might have a laptop and their own phone and, you know, materials. Um, and they understand what's happening and they're engaged and some of them really don't like it. Right. <laughs> um, yeah I think I mean they all kind of enjoy they enjoyed the novelty of being at home to start with uh, oh I'm in my pajamas you know I can do this in bed I don't have to get up it's cold yeah. outside etc um but I think the novelty is beginning to wear off now <laughs> right okay yeah educationally is, is it does it add anything is there something you can do through remote that maybe you couldn't do in a classroom you think oh that's actually that's you know that's that's added loads that we might not have been able to do that otherwise yeah that's a really interesting question I have been trying to think about that because I think um it's very easy to dismiss it um yeah I quite enjoy especially I mean I think with the like with my a-level or with my year 11 students if we've got a document up 
we can all edit the document at the same time. Um, so they might be annotating something together or, um, you know, I can see what they're doing and comment on it. And that's yeah. all really useful. Um, but to be honest, I could do that when we were in school anyway. It's not with year 11, but with my A-level students, because we could all be on computers. So, I mean, there were definitely some good aspects to um, online tech tools. Yeah. I would say the remote aspect of it doesn't really add anything. Um, very quickly, uh, Gavin Williamson announced today that the grades will be teacher assessed. Um, yeah. Your reaction to that? Yeah, I mean, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Gavin. Teacher assessed how? I mean, yeah. I it's that, that. I mean, yeah. We I guess we we knew that, didn't we? When they said there were no exams, obviously we have to assess them. But on what? With what? You know. Yeah, that's a good. I mean, that's really assess for English language and literature. Yeah. I assume so. Do I have to teach all of the text? Do I have to? You know. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, no, I was going to ask that because. I don't know if you're say an A level student and A level well a GCC the same as sort of a two year process. Um, they obviously didn't have teaching from March as well, so their last year was disrupted. So how does that work in terms of what you're actually assessing them off? Because of the huge gaps of where they weren't in school. Well, I do, yeah, this is it. I don't know. I mean, it, I think it really depends. I mean, my A level students, um, I had really good online lessons with them during lockdown. Um, so I think they're they're fine actually. Like my A-level class could probably do the exams. They haven't really missed much because you know it's quite a small class. They were obviously very motivated. Yeah. They were attending all of the online lessons that I was doing from March to July. Um, even though we couldn't speak at that time, we, you know, we didn't have the technology. Uh, you know, I would sort of be on the on the computer and they would be on the computer and we would be kind of messaging and I'd be marking their work and so on. Um and that sort of worked so I think they I could assess them potentially but year 11 um that's a whole different ball game a lot of them didn't engage really with what we were doing last term so and I think I know there's a massive discrepancy between schools as well um yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah. I, don't, I, I don't know I don't know what they're going to come up with <laughs> <laughs> we will see um, um just quickly to end do you have a funny story related to your time teaching online as a they um, usually tend to be cat dog I don't know coming into the room and com causing complete chaos do you have anything um, <clears throat> uh, not so much that I mean like occasionally you know you can hear people's like parents in the background like shouting with their like cute nicknames for love <laughs> yeah. shut up mom that's been yeah exactly yeah, yeah. like that's quite funny um but they have to be unmuted for that to happen so oh. most of the time they're muted and it's just right. me talking and there were no cameras on in case they turn me into a meme so oh is that right or do you have some weird background or something yeah yeah they could do yeah. anything to my right so, <laughs> don't give them an inch yeah exactly so <laughs> we we have no cameras on either them or us so there's less potential for invasion by cat. I see. Yeah. Okay. No, the mute thing makes sense because on Zoom, if one person talks, the other person can't talk. That's right, isn't it? So yeah. so if you had a class all unmuted, it would be chaos. Yeah. Be chaos. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, thank you very much for that. That has been 
Really, no, that has been really, really interesting. Um, and I, I was saying at the start of the episode, you hear so much about remote learning, but it's actually great to hear from what the reality actually is like. Um, and it's, it's also nice to hear that we are in a better position now than we were during the first lockdown. And hopefully, um, yeah. yeah, that bodes well. So I hope you liked that chat with Shashi. Um, I really did. I found it really interesting. And it's, it's great to hear, because as I said, you see so many stats, um, so many news stories, so many quotes um, about education and what's going on right now. But it's actually great to hear um, what's going on on the front line, actually what's going on from a teacher's perspective, um, who are so close, you couldn't be closer to it. So that I actually think is going to be one of the things I want this podcast to do is take a story, but then talk to the people who know about it, who have experience of it and can bring their own angle to it. So great chat with Shashi. I thought, um, again, similar to report was saying some improvements um, from, from the situation in March, but also I think also stressing the importance to actually get back to the classroom as soon as possible, which is so important for children's learning. Um, so I hope you enjoyed the first episode and I will see you again next week. Stay safe. See you later.